Hello and welcome to another Women in BIM podcast. My name is Vicky Reynolds. I am the Global Vice Chair of Women in BIM and I'm here today with Casey Rutland. I'll let Casey introduce himself, uh, but today we're going to talk about a few different things, mainly focusing on the UK BIM framework and the UK BIM Alliance. Uh, Casey, do you want to tell our listeners a little bit about who you are? I will do. Hi, Vicky. Thank you very much for this opportunity. Uh, yesterday, I'm here with my uh, UK BIM Alliance hat on. Um, I'm the vice chair of the UK BIM Alliance. I've held that role for uh, a little over a year and a half now. Um, there's other things that comes with that, um, being involved in where various different working groups. Um, one of them, uh, actually another role is that I'm chair of um, Building Smart UK and Ireland. Uh, also other roles that I'm involved in are the National Digital Twin Programme, um, various uh, the Centre for Digital Built Britain working groups, uh, some of the Golden Thread working groups. So lots, lots and lots of busy things that are going on, um, as well as the day job. Excellent, excellent. Very, very busy. Lots of um, industry experiencing then. So uh, having to implement and, and, and manage the, um, the standards and the procedures that are, are sort of recommended by the Alliance. Yeah, that, that comes with the day job. So the, the day job being working with um, Royal House Owning DHV uh, and other clients, helping them implement things at a, an organisational level, but at a project level as well. I mean, it, I, would, I would like to say historically, but also currently, uh, I'm an architect. So I've, I've spent many years delivering um, mostly sports stadia, uh, commercial buildings, healthcare. Um, and in the latter stages of, of when I was involved in the design, it was very much designing with the BIM process um, at its heart. So that hence, that's given me the experience to, to do the roles I have now, I guess. But a lot of those day-to-day um, -day challenges of implementing standards, implementing changes in process, and adopting various different software and things like that, it's very much at the heart of what I do on a daily basis, as well as uh, my roles with Building Smart UK and Ireland and, and the UK BIM Alliance. Amazing. That's definitely good to know. Um, so I guess as an introduction, then, would you mind giving us just a couple of minutes of an explanation um, about who the UK BIM Alliance are, what the UK BIM framework is, and how they sort of interact with each other? Yeah, sure. I mean, I, th I think the first um, quite surprising thing is that the UK BIM Alliance is made up of a group of volunteers. Um, all the work that people do is pro bono um, and the amount of work we achieve and the exposure we achieve and the industry guidance that we create is absolutely enormous and I think um, on the whole it's very well received by industry um, but yeah the UK BIM Alliance is there to to help organizations um, as the strapline says on their first fundamental step in their digital transformation journey and if there is going to be anywhere where organizations of, of any size whether you're a, a single company or single person company or a multinational um, it's got a huge amount of resources there um, and events uh, webinars and hopefully in-person events when, when they return um, just to chat to people about how people get started with digital um, and obviously it's it's with um, information management at its heart uh, and working in, in those digital ways the UK BIM framework is kind of like an extension of that the formalization of that but I think what we had um, a few years back was a little bit of industry unease about what the UK BIM Alliance were mm -hmm. and how that sat with the work that um, the Centre for Digital Built Britain were doing, CDBB. Mm -hmm. um, and, and it was kind of like, okay, so they're doing what was then discussed as being BIM Level 3, and now they're doing Digital Twins, and how does that connect with the UK BIM Alliance? And in actual fact, 
the Centre for Digital Built Britain being a government funded organisation um, had the responsibility to make BIM or to implement BIM as business as usual within uh, UK government projects mostly, but across the industry. Um, so we created the, the UK BIM framework. So it's a coming together of the UK BIM Alliance, um, the Centre for Digital Built Britain and the British Standards Institution. So bringing all together those three parties to say, right, okay, as, as a, to an industry, as a message to say, if you're going to look for, for BIM advice about what BIM means in the UK and Ireland, this is where it sits. And it was that focal point to, to kind of uh, put to bed any confusion or any thoughts that there were any competing projects between different organisations, because they're not. It was the, the one and the same thing. It's just that there was a very clear message then just to say, this is what it is. And if you want any information to do with BIM in the UK, this is where you need to go. Excellent. Yeah, one thing I've noticed actually about the framework website is that it's great for signposting. There's stuff, there's some stuff that is embedded in it and exists um, within the website itself. But then there's also, you know, links out to, to BSI and the Centre for Digital Built Britain. Um, and it, yeah. it really is that repository for um, good information. Yes, and, and consistent information. And the, perhaps the most important thing, I mean, the, I would say the most valuable resource that sits on there is the guidance to the ISO 19650 suite. Mm -hmm. And again, the most important thing about that guidance is that it's written by industry people that are going up against these challenges of implementation right here and right now. Mm -hmm. So I think, I don't know what it is. I think we're on the eighth version of the guidance now, um, yeah. which is it's quite a high turnaround. And in fact, we have paused to give the authoring team a bit of a breather. Um, but we'll be back on the updates very quickly. So we've got updates and guidance for all aspects almost of, of the ISO 19650 suite. And again, mm -hmm. as I said, the, the important message is it's written by people who are doing it day in, day out. Uh, so it is, it is a valuable resource. Um, we are aware and we set out to create plain language guidance and we're aware it's probably slipping a little bit into the technical. Mm -hmm. So we need to rein that back a bit in, the, in future revisions. But yeah, the, the guidance is there and it's generally quite well received from, from people who are trying to implement and understanding where the challenges are and saying, okay, where can I go for more information? Because they they kind of hit a wall when they read the standards themselves, um, whereas the, the, the guidance has a bit, of, a bit of a narrative around the different tasks and different roles, um, various stages throughout the project. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, I know you said that the, the guidance um, is coming thick and fast um, and there's guidance, guidance for um, pretty much every standard now. Uh, with the guidance changing or being updated um, regularly, what's the best way for someone to stay up to date with those changes? And what do you do as the Alliance or, or as a, a member of the framework team to push that information out? Well, I'd say the first thing to do is to, to sign up to the, the newsletter on the UK BIM Alliance because that's we have a regular quarterly newsletter and that's published to say this is what the latest information is. If you can't wait between quarters, then by all means follow any of the social media channels. So we've got um, Twitter, we've got LinkedIn, there's, some, there's a Slack group also. Uh, so go to the UK BIM Alliance website, all the links are on there. Um, but sign up, to, sign up to those, follow the accounts because basically as the guidance is updated and revised and published, um, we make people aware of it. Um, we have had uh, possibly a strange call for people to say, actually, can I get the, the previous revisions? And whilst, yes, they're, they're available, we kind of advise people not to because the latest revision is, is really the latest 
best practice standard of guidance to say that there may have been uh, things that weren't quite as detailed in previous revisions and actually in the, the latest revisions there's more information in there so we don't ever lose the information that was in the early revisions which is it's maybe been split up into different documents more bite-sized chunks or, or whatever but yeah we do encourage people to to find the the latest versions latest revisions of those documents and work from there mm. that's interesting that actually it it really highlights our need as an industry um to want to cling to uh a line in the sand if you will so you know oh well this is the guidance that was relevant when my project started and therefore mm. i have to only reference that revision um but actually yeah i mean yeah uh, guide, guidance is different to standards so by all means if, if you're appointed to work to a specific standard then absolutely do that but the, the guidance does evolve um on a regular basis to help people through delivering a project to those standards so i would absolutely urge them to, to go for that but yeah you are you are right in that there is a little bit of resistance a little bit of comfort maybe mm -hmm. in sticking to uh, versions of documents that people know but if we're talking about digital transformation or transformation of the industry into a more digital way of working then the first thing I tend to do with organizations is to address the people and see if we can get across the message that change is constant so get, get, get the teams and the people or the, the entire company staff comfortable with the fact that change is going to have, be happening more regularly uh, in the same way as it does in their, in their digital personal life. They don't bat an eyelid when their apps update overnight, but <laughs> they hit the wall and hit the roof if, if a guidance document has a new revision the following week. So these things need to be accepted a little bit more, more softly, I think. Yeah, there's a, there's a cultural piece, isn't there? Um, and, yeah. and I guess that... Uh, that's true about many areas of construction, but but very much the the digitalization and um, accepting that things are changing and change isn't always bad. So um, I know because women in BIM are a community group of the UK BIM Alliance, and there are lots of community groups um, under the umbrella. Uh, is that a good way for someone to be able to get involved? Um, they're, they're based on regions, aren't they? And also specialisms, is that right? Yes, so, so the UK BIM Alliance has trying to get as much reach as possible. Um, so yes, we do have communities groups, uh, and as you say, Women in BIM is, is part of that. We have the, the regional groups for uh, again, geographic regions of, of the UK. Um, we, as of last year, have an affiliates group of, of basically other institutions that we're reaching out to. And if you have a look on the, on the website, you'll find all the latest um, affiliate members. Um, so we, we absolutely are reaching out to affiliate members and, it, and it's free. We, we don't charge for this. It's just saying, okay, how about you become an affiliate and you can just, we will channel our BIM and digital transformation resources through you into your membership. Excellent. Okay, fantastic. And um, I guess then for individuals who are a little BIM nervous, uh, maybe people who haven't worked on a BIM project before or feel like they're just that little bit more removed, um, what would your advice be for them to engage? What might the first steps be? Well, as you say, the reason, or one of the reasons that UK BIM Alliance has all these different ways of connecting is because people don't always feel comfortable in the same position, in the same um, resource. Mm -hmm. So it might be that people don't want to go to physical events or actually a lot of the women and BIM members might feel much more comfortable in that group. 
talking about BIM. And that's absolutely fine because people are, we're all different creatures. We, we prefer different ways, different ways of consuming information. Mm -hmm. But I think if, if anyone is just wanting to, as an individual, understand how things are, are moving on, the part one of the guidance is, is possibly the, the most valuable part because it's, it's the introduction of what it all means. And it's a fairly lightweight read. Um, and it is one of the documents that's, that's written in more everyday language. Um, just have a read of that. And, and that will, as you say, it's, it's kind of like the, the UK BIM Framework website. It will signpost you to other things internally that mean things to you. And that's one of the things we need to communicate a bit better, I think, is that if individuals can find their own route through this, it makes the company transformation a lot easier. It makes it mean something to an individual, which means that, you know, I've said this for years, it, it might mean that they can go home on time and spend time with their family, which means a different thing these days, but mm -hmm. it just means that they're not doing these mundane tasks over and over again that they sh shouldn't really need to do. Everything's managed, everything's flowing through and yeah, it's they're getting time back and that, that means a lot to people. I think that's something really interesting that you've hit on there actually. And it's that every every person is different. Everybody's motives mm -hmm. are different and everybody's way of consuming and learning are different as well. And so um, we will often hear things like, um, you know, the way the guidance is written doesn't work or the way information is being communicated isn't working. What actually in many instances, or, or I, I find is that what people mean is it's not working for me. Um, and that's, it's important to feed that back so that the Alliance of Women in BIM and the BIM framework um, can expand the way that you share information and the way that you you create the guidance um but it's not always best to just be continuously reactive based on individual feedback yeah i mean this, this is where i i really do emphasize the point that the guidance is written by by industry people because some of those people were probably some of the harshest critics early on and they're now fully embedded as, as part of the drafting team so yeah this is the best best way to change things if the guidance doesn't suit you specifically by all means come on board and contribute and it's it's the way the whole thing works and the really uh good discussion group and and that's the way the guide the guidance goes through so many processes of initial drafting or understanding what points need to be addressed the drafting and then making sure that we're we're hitting all those points the right tone of voice for the right market mm -hmm. and you know we're, we're working with with bim here that, that affects almost every part of the industry Mm -hmm. Whether you're a designer engineer or an owner operator or a contractor builder or you're a product manufacturer or an installer, you know, it, it flows all the way through and touches absolutely everyone. And yeah, it, it's, it's almost an impossible task to create one set of guidance that meets everybody or hits everybody's needs. But we're absolutely going to aim for it because we need everyone to be to be that place where people can go for these resources. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also we need people to take personal responsibility as well for their own their own learning and their upskilling and find what they need as well to to make this um, to make this accessible for them. OK, that's fantastic. Well, yep. I guess in, we've, we've talked quite a lot about the UK BIM framework and who the UK BIM Alliance are and how to get involved. Um, and that's all amazing. Uh, what one piece of advice would you give? somebody who wants to become a digital leader, um, either within their organization or within the industry, what quality do you need to drive change? It, it's, it, you touched on it earlier. It's, it's the social side, it's the personal side, um, making sure that 
uh, you can address the culture. And I do sound like a broken record when we say people process technology, and it really does start with the people. Um, if you do it in any other way around, you'll get slightly less less good is, is, is probably the best thing it's less good results because there'll still be good results but they won't be as good as they could possibly be mm -hmm. um we really do need to start with the people um but also bringing digital to the domain knowledge so rather than pushing domain knowledge into digital which you can do also if you take digital and say how can this help this area of, of specialism and if you're doing that within your organization as a leader then you connect with the people that mm -hmm. are doing that same job or role or whatever so it's we have to absolutely have to start from that point I think that's a really good point yeah I, it, something that always sticks in my mind is um and I can't remember who said it it might even have been you years ago Casey but someone said to me years ago you know you have to be solving problems and if you can't identify the specific problem that you're solving then you're just bin washing you know you're digital for the sake of digital and and human beings won't connect with that I don't think that was me, but I might use that in the future. So thank you. Um, yeah, exactly that. I mean, we can all do things for the sake of doing it, but if it's not really useful in what you're doing at that moment, then it's waste. And the whole point of the BIM process is really to, to drive out waste from our industry. And if, if we, what we're doing is adding to that, then that's the exact opposite of what we're trying to achieve. Yeah. And I think that's a perfect comment to end on. Um, yeah. If we're, if we're adding to the waste, then, we're not achieving what we need to be achieving as an industry, full stop. Excellent, yeah. all right. Um, it's been great chatting to you. So sorry we haven't had much time, Casey, but um, hopefully we can talk to you again in the future. Um, and Absolutely. you've given plenty of ways for people to engage with um, the UK BIM Alliance and the UK BIM Framework. And obviously people can engage through Women in BIM as well um, if they have comments or feedback or they wanna get involved. Um, so. With that in mind, I'll say thank you very, very much for your time and uh, have a lovely day. We'll speak to you again soon. Thank you for the opportunity. Speak soon.